if I could teach you one thing about nutrition, what would that be? Kia ora, I'm Janet, a qualified personal trainer, nutrition coach and mum of four boys. You're listening to The Riggs Ramblings, a podcast that is a space and a place for you to be while we explore the non-bullshit approach to nutrition, exercise and all the bits in between. I have a huge passion for movement and ordinary people achieving extraordinary things. So we'll have some adventures and we'll be joined by some epic guests along the way who will share their wild journeys through this thing we call life. Let's crank on into it. Kia ora, Janet here and you're listening to another episode of the Riggs Ramblings podcast. This is episode number 57 and today we are going to talk about looking for success in shitty places. I had originally thought that I might title this one the same as an email that's went out, um, which was Janet, why am I in the pantry every night? But it kind of weaves and has woven itself down to the simple fact that sometimes we are just looking for success in shitty places. So if you do find yourself in the pantry a lot every night, uh, we need to sort of understand why you're doing this. And most of the people when I say, well, why do you think they're doing that? They'll go, oh, because I can't control myself. Well, no. Sorry, but you're incorrect. You're looking for success in a shitty place. So why do we end up in the pantry at night eating all the goodies? Some of it is behavior or habit. Yes, we if it's a habit, that is us, we are doing that um, sometimes. And for the most part, it's because you're actually hungry. If you have under-eaten all day and you are having meals that have no satiety factor to them at all, after your main meal in the evening, you are going to be scrummaging and rummaging around for the rest of the calories that your body needs to sustain your day. So I've said it previously, I say it a lot because it's rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Your nutrition is like the Southland weather. There is always a payoff. You cannot woefully undereat, woefully undersleep, mismanage your protein and fiber markers and expect to not be hungry. That's not how it goes. Appetite is a stimulant for us to eat. It is a stimulant for us to be able to nourish our body. We need to be aware that we have hunger cues. We need to be aware of satiety. We need to be able to manage these things as a peer. A hunger leads to food. Our food leads to satiety. This, I must make a small disclaimer here, is in the absence of obesity. Obesity is an illness and obesity is often, um, it often comes along with no satiety. So uh, an obese person could eat a lot of food and never actually experience satiety because of the mismatch chemicals that are coming out of their brain. But we're not here talking about obesity today, we're just talking about general population and what I see in my clients. So... What can we do if we have woefully under-eaten and we end up in the pantry? Is it going to the supermarket and not buying the treats? Well, 
you know, you could do that, um, but that becomes a form of restriction. And what do we know about restriction? Well, eventually, if we restrict enough, we will binge on it even more. So I normally don't um, encourage people to not buy the things they enjoy. I would rather actually teach you how to manage them. And I get a lot of fight back from people, or pushback rather, from people that say, but though they're my trigger and I can't have them in the house, if I don't have them in the house, I won't eat them. And I'll say, and I'll generally just respond with that and ask them, well, how long does that last for? Normally I'm left with a little bit of deafening silence and they have to really think about it. And I was like, well, if it's a trigger food and you're telling me it's a trigger food and then you say you don't buy them, then eventually that mustn't last forever because you're telling me it's a trigger food. If it wasn't, if it worked, not buying them, not eating them, then they wouldn't still be your trigger food. Oof. That smarts. Just a little. So, if you're looking for your success in shitty places, how do we fix that? Eating three meals a day, focusing on your protein and fiber, sleep, steps, and I'll go one further and say lifting weights. This is the secret pill. This is the fast fix that nobody wants to do. Um, it's not a fast fix because you've got to do it over and over and over and over again. But even the fast fixes aren't fast fixes because they fail and then you're on to the next fast fix and you've got 10 years of fast fixes. When you could have had 10 years of eating three meals a day, possibly two snacks, getting in your steps, sleeping well and lifting weights and you'd actually be where it was you want to be. <coughs> Oof. Successful nutrition is not cutting the corners and looking for success in shitty places. Stop cutting your calories into such a low number or amount. So even if you're not counting calories, if you're heavily restricting or you're fasting or anything like that, you are woefully count cutting your calories probably to an unsustainable amount. Stop. Don't do that. That's looking for success in a shit place. We need to be able to sustain and maintain choices for the most part of our everydays. So not every day is going to be perfect. No way. Like I've come off a really shitty month of grief, um, crises, um, hardships in the terms of trying to run two businesses in the current climate, which is never fucking easy. Um, and not being able to sleep well. And sleep for me is a non-negotiable. I talk about it a lot. And shit sleep leads to an increase in hunger. So I've been hungry, but I've also been caffeined, caffeinated, caffeine championship winner. My days have resolved, revolved around caffeine um, to get me through. Um and now in a better place, back regularly eating. But the first thing to go is, yeah, is eating regularly and training regularly and my hunger and my appetite were interrupted. Why were they interrupted? Because I was over-caffeinated, I was getting shit sleep and I wasn't doing any training. Well, I was training, but not training fully. So 
having to sort that out, I guess that would be my getting back on track. I mean, I don't necessarily think that people get off track. I think um, our realities just get a little bit distorted and we need to just address that and start managing our management better. That's a good one, eh? Let's manage our management of ourselves. So what does that all boil down to? So that boils down to being able to um, you know, talk to yourself nicely and if you end up in the pantry at night because you've looked for success in a shit place, what can you do to fix it? I can 100% guarantee you if you're in your pantry every night, you need to eat more. You need to eat more of the right foods. You need to think about that in a positive mindset so you're not going, but oh, Janet's made me eat this and I don't want to eat that. No, I can't eat that. Yeah, you can. You're an adult. You can eat it. Uh, you might need a little guidance and where you're going to get your protein and your fibre from so that they are foods that fit your world, so that they are foods that you like, they fit your budget, they're available. There's no point me saying to you to eat something that's not even available in this country or it costs you 50 bucks for a half serve. You know, come on, let's be real. You've got to be able to manage your expectations here. However... If the only foods you like are the foods that are high in calories, low in nutrition quality, then you've got to sort of ask yourself, well, I'm an adult. I can eat fruit. I can eat vegetables. I can eat protein. You know, come on, let's be real. At some stage, you have to manage your behavior. We grow up, generally, um, I find, uh, eating and raising our families in a way that our parents raised us and so there there is a lot of intergenerational uh, failures I want to call them failures and I don't mean that your parents have failed you I mean that um, it's just a, a, a big failure worldwide environmental wide I don't know insert word here because like my parents are um, the the other generation their parents went through the um, war, World War Two. They went through the Depression. So they lived life bloody hard. You know, food was scarce. Wasn't enough food for people. Nobody had any money. It was a worldwide depression and it was something that, you know, we'd hope never, friggin' ever repeats ourselves. So my parents were that next generation where they were coming off the depression. They were taught that food was scarce, but they also were the generation that brought us instant stuff. So I need to find some research about why that happened, but like our instant gravy, our instant noodles our instant macaroni and cheeses instant because we had to fix the world that came from the depression it would have righted itself anyway but yeah so if your parents raised you on a lot of foods that are low in nutritional value because that's all they could afford or that's all they chose to eat then that's all that you know and so that's not wrong not at all but it might not be the way that you should be nourishing yourself. And so while there is a cost of living crisis at the moment and the inflation on food is next level currently, we can and still do have ways that we can eat really well because of the generation that created the instant answer. And that is frozen fruit, frozen vegetables, frozen meat. These things are cheaper in cost 
and they're not actually any less nutritious for us. And they cook, they cook really, really fast. Like you can, you know, hello, they also invented the microwave. <laughs> what a generation, eh? Um, food doesn't have to take hours to prepare and cook and don't fall into that trap thinking that it does. Even prep, if you were to prep every meal, it still doesn't actually take that long. You think it does, but it doesn't. Um, it's the thought processes around that. So these are just some little wee tips and things that I want you to think about if you're in the pantry every night um, and how you want to change that. You need to change that by eating more. If you keep then say to me, well, I don't have time to eat better, you do. You know, these foods are out there for a reason. All thing, foods that come in a box aren't necessarily bad for you. They fit into this world. That's why they're still on the shelves. And it is not always something negative. Honestly, it's not. Yeah, like some things in a box and a tin and a can are a little bit shit. But if that's all the little bit of shit that somebody can eat in a day because it's all they can afford, then it's not a bad thing, is it? However, if you have a little bit more of an advantage in your world and you can choose slightly better quality than those poor bastards, then be smart about it. You don't have to be buying $10 cauliflowers when you can go to the freezer and buy a mix of broccoli and cauliflowers for three bucks. And it'll do more than one meal. You know, if you don't want to grow your own vegetable garden, don't. Go to the farmer's markets. They grow it for you. And often they're cheaper than at the supermarket because they're not a product of foodstuffs. If you're in the pantry every night, it is because you are woefully under-eating your protein, your carbohydrates, and your fibre. Period. It is not that the junk food has its hooks into you or that you have no self-control, or you can't help yourself. It's not. You are hungry. You are looking for a quick fix. So you think it's you're addicted to sugar. You're not. You're looking for carbohydrates. Why are you looking for carbohydrates? Because you have woefully under-eaten them and your protein, and you are hungry. Eat good food, people. You don't need to be a chef. Just eat good food. If you need a little bit of help with that, you know where I am. Flip me an email. Doesn't have to be hard, people. That's a little bit for you to think about. As always, I ask you to save us as your favourites. I can't wait to see where this takes us.